It's Friday the 9th of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. On Shane, a, uh, a sad day in many ways with the passing of an absolute legend, an extraordinary life of course. The Queen uh, passed away at the age of 96 and, and you had the very unique opportunity back in 1999 of, uh, of meeting the Queen. I shook her hand. Um, I spoke to her briefly um, but yeah, very sad day. It was uh Lucky enough to go during the 1999 World Cup. Uh, we, we went to Buckingham Palace and and we had tea with the Queen. We we met her um, and Prince Philip, and it was um, and we at the time we were wearing green and gold sort of stripy blazers. And she asked us if we worked in an ice cream parlour. She had a good good, good <laughs> sense of humour. It was uh, yeah, so very very sad day. And um, I think for most people that's been their only Queen. So. Um, Times are changing. Yeah, a remarkable life. Uh, it is um, a sports show, this one, so uh, I've got to ask you about this cricket. I mean, they couldn't get a run in a stocking, could they? The New Zealanders, almost their lowest ever score in this one-day game last night. Yeah, the Aussies were struggling initially. They were six for about 50-odd two, I think. Um, they struggled to nine for 195. Steve Smith, top scoring. But New Zealand, all out for 82. Um, Zampa, the best of the bowlers, taking five wickets again. And... Um, yeah, not a great, not a great start to the summer. I've said it a couple of times now, Tim. Um, we seem to be rushing in these matches early season, up on not hundred um, uh, percent conditions, uh, particularly with wickets. And uh, yeah. it was just a bad start to the cricket season, I think. Yeah, they just went through them like Epsom salts. They were they were terrible, New Zealand with the bat. Anyway, it is Friday. That means we'll be talking NRL with Shad Wicker. Finals time and two big finals in the AFL. We'll talk that and EPL. Plus a little bit of UFC with Luca Muller. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven, Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. Time to talk a bit of Rugby League and our man Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. This is uh, an exciting game tonight. I'm heading out to Penrith. Uh, my son's a big Parramatta supporter. Two of my brothers are Parramatta supporters, so we're all going. I'm going to stay nice and neutral, but I think it's going to be a cracking game of footy. Oh, mate. i tell you what. How's this? I heard this this week. Over $3 million mm. has been put on Parramatta to win the wow. Premiership. Wow. Jeez. How crazy is that? That's across all the betting agencies. Mm, their top thirteen looks good. It's I, I actually like. I've, I feel like I'm backing the punters, not for the premiership, but I think that um, I could see them definitely beating Penrith again, making it three from three. There's something about bogey teams that I like, mm. and I just think that in other years they kind of flopped around a bit. You know what I mean? When they got to the finals, it was a bit weird. But this time around, they've kind of they've hit their stride coming in. Which there's something about this shape of this side that I'm a bit like, oh, this seems a little bit better, and the fact that they're playing Penrith, and it's mm. a team that they know how to beat, and no other team will go against Penrith, 
knowing that, hey, we know how to beat this team and we can do it well. I think you're right. I think they're coming into this season in form in the finals. Um, they haven't done that in the past. And I, I like the fact, too, why I think the Eels will win is that Nathan Cleary, back from a spell, never performs that well the first game back. It takes him one or two games. Yeah, and it's a bit it's a bit like horse racing, isn't it? You know, first mm. up, second up, and then you yep. sort of you need to be match hardened to get, to get it right. And and on top of that, they rested their team last week. So look, they deserve their favouritism at home, Penrith. But oh, look, I'm with you guys. Uh, we're all on the the Parramattitude bandwagon. I think that that one to thirteen in particular, they're fully fit. Gutherson, Sivo, I mean, Moses is in good form. They've got this cracking big forward pack. I think Parramatta will get the chocolates um, tonight. It'll be interesting. What do you think about these other games, Shad? Uh, there's some interesting games across the weekend. Melbourne, Canberra, North Queensland and the Sharks. And, uh, of course, the Roosters and the Rabbits on Sunday. Well, I was looking at this and I was kind of like, it's kind of fascinating how well rivalries fell for the finals yeah. when you think about it. I mean, like, obviously mm. the Western Sydney rivalry, that fell into place. Awesome. Para, uh, Canberra and the Storm have their own checkered history. Ricky loves playing against um, Bellamy. Like, they've seemed yeah. to have their battles in the past, mm. these two mm. squads. I feel like Melbourne are, a, like, pretty much a sleeping giant in my book. I think Canberra, they weren't even really supposed to be there. Broncos shit the bed. That's the only reason that they're there. <laughs> and and I think that, you know, they've got a point to prove. They've got some players leaving that definitely aren't going to greener pastures in terms of the guys going to the Dolphins, that they'll want to, um, you know, Good turn you it up and get, get themselves back into, you know, the, the proper end of the final season. They've got the experience as well. Then the other games, I mean, you, the Sharks and the Cowboys have got their own checkered history of, uh, of games against each other in the past, all granted back in the days of the Gallon and, and Thurston type days. But these are two teams that I can't wait to see take each other on because they're the two teams that people did not expect to finish where they finished. Like... They're the two surprise packets mm. of the of the competition. Now they get to take each other on. Uh, I, but I do think that in my eyes, I feel like the Cowboys, I'm feeling like a Cowboys kind of run, like run riot. I don't know why. There's something in me that feels like a Cowboys 13 plus is on the cards in that game. And uh, and then, for the, of course, the final game, you can oh. never go past a great rivalry of South versus the Roosters. It doesn't get any bigger. I'm, I'm going out there. And I love the fact you got the Roosters. It's called the home of the Roosters because Nick, Nick Pilotis paid $16 million extra. <laughs> so he's got their name up there. They they forgot to sell the, the, um, the, the fans' tickets. So there's a bit of rivalry there. Um, they wouldn't even let the South guys train on the ground during last week. <laughs> So there's more. It's, this is going to be an absolute cracking match. Yeah, I think it's going to be spectacular. I think obviously the Manu uh, sit will be interesting to see what goes With down. as what well, a, yeah. How quickly did people fall off the Roosters after last week? Like a couple of injuries, and then people just went, "They're done. They're completely done." I, I refuse to believe it. If we're talking about Parramatta hitting their stride into the finals, the Roosters are in the same boat. Yeah, and, and they've also shown, much like the Panthers this year, that they're able to reload when injuries hit. And I don't think that's going to be as much of a problem. I think it'll be a tight one. I hope it'll be a tight one because I love seeing these two teams get into a battle, into a game. And uh, But I will have to lean into South. The family's a South family. So mm. I'll say that South will, will get up in this one. Cody Walker needs to continue this surprising switch up in form over the last month or so. Uh, because that's really going to be, I think, the key to them making a carry through the finals, whereas the Roosters can kind of rest on a few other players to play quite well um, and let others kind of rest. But Kiri is in another stratosphere at the moment. So mm. I think that's – to be honest, at, those are the two. The bookends of the week are the, probably the two most exciting games of the week. It's right. tonight and, and it's Sunday. 
Yeah, the, the, yeah. I, I, I think they've all got a bit. I think the Sharks will beat the Cowboys. As I said, the Cowboys travel like fresh seafood. They, as soon as they get out of their jurisdiction, they're not as good. And what about Taylor May? A week after being found guilty of a pub assault, and he was fined seven and a half thousand by the NRL. But rather than being suspended now, he's missing games next year. And and like the explanation by Volandis was ridiculous. Like the the logic of putting that out there blew my mind as well. I just think that like this kind of ruling sends so many bad messages, sets a ridiculous precedent for clubs now in the future. Like if, they, if we get to another final series, let's say this weekend, someone does a hip drop, mm. which nine times out of ten is an accidental manoeuvre. Like, they're not entirely meaning to do a hip drop tackle and it happens. And that guy gets told, Matt, you're out. You're out for three weeks. Even if you make the finals, you're done. Oh, well, hang on a second. I did something accidental on the field. Uh, that guy grabbed a bloke at a pub and slammed him to the ground, which, if you look at the video, he narrowly misses a planter box where he would have completely <laughs> yeah. shattered the back of his head. So you like, you sit there, you go, oh, so I, I have to be suspended because I was a silly person on the field, but this guy was assaulting someone off the field and he mm. gets time off. Then you think of players that have missed time, an important time for things like off-field discretions. Think of, uh, and it's a, I know it's a, just, it's a messy case and it's a blurry one, but like you look at Jack DeBellin who missed a year and a half to two years of his prime, you were talk- we were talking about him playing as an origin player. He was then acquitted of the court case he was facing, but he had to stand down for over a year for the no-fault stand-out clause and missed all this time. You know what I mean? Like Obviously, the the offences or the rumoured offences in, in DeBellin's case because he was acquitted, Like you, you sit there and you kind of go, what, what does this say now for someone that does something off the field no matter the time zone of it? The Cheese and Munster, same kind of deal. If that had happened around now, would they have still been allowed to play? Like, it's so messy. So, Shay, if you talk about off- off-field discretions, you know what Monday is? Monday's well, Mad yeah. Monday, NRL. So, <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Let, let's pick this discussion up Tuesday, hey? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see how many suspended sentences happen for next year, I reckon. We might, miss, we might be missing half the comp for the first six weeks of the year, mate. I'd say. That's probably how it's going. I think it's just, yeah, it's really messy. But you know what? It's like, that's rugby league, isn't it? They make the most dumbest yep. decisions, <laughs> but we still come and watch. And we love it. We'll do this all again next week, buddy. Can I give a quick mention, boys? The other thing that's exciting that is back now is the NFL season has kicked off. Yes. So get amongst it. Yep. I can't wait. Chicken wings, here we come. (laughs) Coming up next, Melbourne comedian, Luca Muller. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. 
today it is time to talk to Melbourne comedian Luca Muller. Now, Luca, you've been in Edinburgh at the Comedy Festival. You've now made your way to Tuscany. Shane and, Shane and I are living vicariously <laughs> through your life, my friend. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, the footy's uh, the, the AFL capital of the world, Tuscany, Italy. <laughs> Things are buzzing over here. The streets are abuzz with the uh, word of the demons and the, <laughs> the dockers and all that. It's going off. It's uh, Yeah, it's too good. Now, mate, uh, this will be a cracking game, I think. Dees versus the Lions. Angus Brayshaw came out during the week and said, there's going to be a bit of niggle in this match with the Zorko issues of last time. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I reckon there'll be a lot of fire going on there. I think the Dees will be pretty disappointed with their loss last week against your boys, uh, mm. Shano, and I think they'll come out red hot. I, you know, touch wood, fingers crossed. I do feel pretty good about this game. The Dees have a very good record against the Lions. Obviously, yeah. we smashed them a couple of weeks ago uh, when there was those issues with Zorko, and I think we've won something like the eight out of the last ten against them. So I reckon we've got them covered this week. Maybe you'd hope so, but beyond that, I don't think we have much more to offer this season. To be honest Ooh. with you, wow. Um, but if really? that, that's the thing, maybe this will be the game we sort of get our get our mojo back a little bit, uh, get things firing. But we'll see, I suppose. Well, they've certainly got the talent, haven't they? They've got the talent. They proved it last year, and the, the side hasn't changed that much. Yeah, totally. The list is there. Things are good. And I know this is weird to say about a team who finished second on the ladder and are about to play in a semi-final, but it almost feels like we've only actually played about two or three good games this year. And maybe that's that's a bit of a drawback from having seen how high our ceiling can be last year, obviously in the grand final, especially that third quarter and onwards against the Doggies. But how well we played in the whole second half of last year, we just haven't been able to meet that same standard, really. We've had a few injuries. The team's been a little bit more in and out. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this maybe isn't the year for the D's. But fingers crossed, you never know. It always, yeah, it always gets tougher being the hunted as opposed to the hunter. So um, yeah, it's, you know, obviously you see teams do that the following year after a good premiership. Yeah, totally. There's a bounty on your head and people come out and play the best game of their season against you. And I think we've been the victim of that a few times this year. And it's really taken its toll. Dockers and Pies, what do you think? Oof, that'll be a ripping game. Dockers last week, how good was that? Yeah. 41 points down. getting They were getting pantsed in front of their home crowd and then they just made managed to pull it out somehow. Incredible stuff. That's what finals footy is all about. And then on the other side, the Pies, heartbreaking loss against Geelong, less than a goal in it. Finally, they've been on the receiving end of one of those close losses, which they've done to so many teams this year. Um, be very interesting to see the differing sort of levels of morale and belief coming into this game. I feel like maybe the Dockers are going to do it. I feel like the... The wave has the really? wave has crested on this Pies season, but I really have no confidence in calling this either way. It's going to be a ripping game, I reckon. What do you boys reckon? Any any calls? Well, no, no Nate Fife for the Dockers. Um, I I just think the Pies. I, I think that loss will be good for them. I think they're going to rally. I think there's a bit of quite a bit of hardness in, the, in around that team. Um, oh, I think the Pies will win quite comfortably. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they'll die go. with. I don't think they'll die with the music in them the way they're playing, will they, uh, Collingwood? Yeah. And uh, they they took it all the way to Geelong. There were some cracking games last weekend. Look, I find it a hard one to pick. I will go with the Magpies, um, just in a uh, another tight one. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting. What about in the EPL? Who'd who'd want to be? Look, I know they're well remunerated. We discussed this yesterday. But who'd want to be a coach? Is like Thomas Tuchel like, <laughs> uh, at Chelsea, a big payday, but six weeks in, and then 
boom, out the door. How brutal is that? And mm. I know they've had a bit of a slow start to this season, but such a shocking, shocking decision there from the board and everyone up high at Chelsea. Like, he's a great coach, one of the sort of top few, top tier, high class coaches. He won them the Champions mm. League only the season before last. They finished third last year. And then you get out of the blocks a little bit slow this year and pst, it's all over. But <laughs> apparently there's rumours that he sort of wasn't getting along with Todd Bowley, who was the new, yeah. uh, new owner who came along after obviously sort of all the Russian sanctions came in with the Abramovich last season. Um, one thing that's being reported is that Bowley apparently wasn't happy with how slow Tuchel was replying to his WhatsApp messages. <laughs> he wasn't wow, getting back okay. quick enough. Would that be the same with you boys? If a uh, team of Shane wasn't getting back to you quick enough, he'd be out the door? Or... Oh, yeah, it really upsets me. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I'm that bad with technology. Sometimes I don't even remember how to open it up. But like, um, yeah. Just don't be late for lunch, Tim. That's all. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah, fading away to a shadow over here. But yeah, look, it, it, it is. It's vicious, though, isn't it? It's a high stakes game. It's vicious. And now they've picked up Graham Potter, who was coaching at Brighton, very well respected, good coach, who had sort of over a few years gotten Brighton to a great point. They've started this season very well. He's now shuffled along to Chelsea. Brighton left without a coach, uh, for at least for the time being, for you know temporary appointment. They've given the coaching reins to Adam Lalana, who is a current. player player, which is pretty exciting, coach-player situation, which you don't see very often. Um, they'll be up against Bournemouth this weekend. Very interesting to see how they go. And Chelsea, with the new coach, Potter, will be up against uh, Fulham, who, you know, recently uh, promoted from the second division there, but started the season pretty well. I think he could be in for a pretty tough test in his first game there. Now, the big game of the big game of the weekend is Man City versus the Spurs. Yeah, top of the table clash there. Man City started absolutely on fire. They have dropped a couple points here and there, uh, but people sort of expect them to start hitting their stride and winning, I mean, just about every game really with new uh, new signing up front. Erling Haaland absolutely dominating as well. He's on track to kick in his first season, the record for most amount of Premier League goals. So see how he goes, but that'll be very interesting. First place, third there. Yeah, and finally, uh, a bit of UFC 279 action, my friend. Yeah, very interesting card this weekend, UFC 279. Uh, usually, you'd see the numbered pay-per-views like that be headlined by a uh, by a title fight. This one, not a title fight, but a huge, huge fight nonetheless. This is uh, comes up Chimaev up against Nate Diaz. Um, Chimaev, you might remember, is sort of this super exciting new prospect for the UFC. He's come storming in. He's won five in a row in there, and he's 11-0, undefeated so far in his career, up against Nate Diaz, one of the all-time greats of the sport, really. Um, not that his record reflects that. He's not one of these guys where winning and losing has mattered all that much to him. He's just one of the all-time great personalities, fan favourite, sort of a bit of an anti-hero. Has a very, um, has a very uh, contentious relationship with UFC brass and Dana White and all that, and they're sort of sending him out, last fight of his contract, last fight of his career, against a super tough young opponent. Um, but... Nate's tough. He can do just about anything. He shocked the world against Conor McGregor, of course, a couple of years ago. So he could well do it again. Hey, if you're Luke, if you're in year eight at school and someone said you had to fight this new kid come to school called Kamzat Jemayev, you wouldn't do it, would you? That's a scary name. <laughs> no, I'd be moving schools. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, we'll let you go and have a lovely, a lovely bowl of pasta and a oh, tusk yes. of bread, and uh, you go live the life that we want to live, and uh, we'll do it all again next week. <laughs> Sounds good to me, boys. Talk to you soon. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you, of course, today to Luca Muller and to Shad Wicker and our sponsor, Shana. The Osher Group. Go to oshergroup.com. If you're in the market for a racehorse, they'll give you the right information to make your best selection. Absolutely. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. Have a good weekend, everybody. We're back Monday with your daily dose of sport. Take care, guys. We'll see you then. Join us for our Afternoon Sport Racing Bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. What I'm backing and why. Happy punting.